We didn't have any additional insight that we were gonna have some of the biggest bank failures ever in the United States history. But we really think about capital preservation because clients are coming to us with their hard earned money and they spent a lifetime to build this wealth. Welcome to The Financial Commute, a weekly podcast that gives you the rundown on what's going on in the current market, how it affects you, and what you can do about it, all designed to fit into your commute. I'm your host, Chris Galeski, and each week I share the table with a knowledgeable guest, including Morton Wealth Advisors, fund managers, and investment analysts, to break down complex financial topics. Our goal is to provide you with the tools necessary to help you navigate this challenging environment, leading to a path of more confident investing. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of The Financial Commute. I'm Chris Galeski, your host, joined by Hunter Daniel, portfolio management analyst, senior trader, just somebody that I really enjoy talking to because he loves to dive into the details. And we have a lot of interesting things going on, especially with a couple of banks failing, a couple of, another bank being bailed out or purchased by UBS with Credit Suisse having issues over the last couple of weeks. So Hunter, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Chris. So we did an episode with Megan. We talked a little bit about Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank and how those banks or the banking system is far different than maybe a Schwab or a Fidelity. But it was interesting in some of the Fed's comments yesterday because those two banks are more smaller, mid-sized regional banks. And when, when there's fear or concern about how safe your money is, deposits tend to leave those smaller, more regionalized banks, go into bigger banks, right, and cause contagion, even though there might not need to be one. Right. But the Fed is trying to instill confidence and say, hey, don't worry, we're going to do whatever we can to help you feel comfortable that your money is safe at, at these banks. Um, tell me a little bit about what you what you heard from the Fed. Yeah, absolutely. So listening to Jay Powell, I think the biggest thing that I took away from the press conference was that it was actually on the table to not hike rates. So he came out and said that at the press conference that they discussed that, um, I think, Going forward, uh, their their target Fed funds rate uh, terminal at the end of the year is about 5.13. Right now, we're in a range at 4.75 to 5%. They're still running off the balance sheet, um, but we took an additional $300 billion back onto the balance sheet from the bank term funding program. And, then and the bank term funding program is that program that allows banks to loan, borrow money against assets that are on their balance sheet. So maybe they took some of the deposits and they invested in mortgage-backed securities or treasury bills. And if they need to come up with money to give to depositors, they can borrow against that from the Fed. That's that, that's the bank term funding program. Exactly. And, yeah. and on your last episode with Megan, what's unique about this is these are not troubled assets. These are assets that just have unrealized losses due to the duration of the portfolio. So essentially, when rates go up, bonds act inversely from a value perspective. And as rates go up, the value of bonds go down. Yeah. Now, these securities, we believe, will uh, be matured fully at the par value. And so that's why the Fed is willing to loan against these securities, because these are not impaired assets. We don't believe that these are mortgage-backed securities in which 
you know, customers are not going to be paying their loans. Um, Which is what happened in 2008. That's right. I mean, in 2008, just about anybody could go and borrow money. They, it was stated income, right? So you could say, I make a million dollars a year and here's a loan. Um, now you actually have to prove it with many, many pages of documents. But a lot of these banks had those types of loans on their balance sheet. And so when people all of a sudden couldn't pay their mortgages anymore, they defaulted on those loans and it caused contagion. That's far different than the assets that they own today. Yeah. And a really interesting statistic I read recently is, is 99% of mortgages are less than 6% right now. Uh, right now, the current mortgage rate is about 6.7, down from the high of 7.25%. Um, so essentially, you know, maybe people's home values are fluctuating. Uh, residential real estate did go down last year uh, for the first time in a long time. Um, but we have better lending standards and the people that have purchased these homes are able to continue to service that debt. And, you know, they, they have very preferential interest rates. So we're not seeing the level of refinancing or the level of selling to buy maybe a bigger home that we've seen historically in, in traditional real estate markets. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. You know, when obviously since we did the episode with uh, with Megan, Credit Suisse has now come out. They've been in trouble, but they've kind of been in trouble for a long time. And so the Swiss National Bank and then UBS kind of came together and worked out a deal to, you know, help figure out um, who's going to own and operate Credit Suisse. Um, it's sort of the timing of that between what's happening with Silicon Valley Bank and Sig Signature Bank. It's it's alarming or concerning for people. But these are two different issues, so to speak. And Credit Suisse has been having some some trouble for a while. Right? Do you want to you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think a lot of it is things are really globally connected. I think that we're feeling inflation over here in the United States. And sometimes we think that it's an isolated event. But you've got inflation. I believe the last print in the UK was 10.6. Um, you've got the European Central Bank raise rates ahead of the Fed. And um, the UK bank is, I believe, is going to raise rates again as well. And so we know that if the long dated maturities in the portfolio of bonds, if rates have to be raised, it, it impairs asset values. And so it's a similar kind of situation that's happening with UBS and Credit Suisse. Um, I think it's going to turn out well for, for UBS. I think they're getting you know a, a really good opportunity at, at the price that they're able to, to close the acquisition at. Um, but I think overall, it, it helps stabilize the system. Yeah, thank you for thank you for mentioning that. Uh, you know, obviously, what's going on here is turmoil in the system, lack of confidence in banking. We could do a whole episode on the moral hazard of somewhat of what's going on right now with banks and everything needing to get bailed out. But essentially, what I think is hard for the average person to really comprehend, and even me at times, is that these banks provide a, a social good. Right. They are there to store your dollars, allow you to borrow, you know, so you can buy homes or cars or build businesses. Um, and when there's fear that those monies that are at that bank are not safe, um, how much should the government step in to make us feel more comfortable? We have things like FDIC insur insurance levels and all this other stuff, but sometimes that's not enough. Um, and so it is a it is a balancing act. I think what people should do is really understand how much money they need to have at a bank 
and make sure that it's covered under FDIC insurance levels. If you're an individual person, that's 250,000. If it's a particular type of trust, your, your levels of FDIC insurance can be far greater. You should talk to your banker about that. Um, but then businesses, businesses have access, we don't need to go into it, but something called ICS, Insured Cash Suite, right? right? And so that allows those banks to partner with hundreds, if not thousands of other banks and secure large amounts of money under FDIC insurance. Absolutely. And even for our clients and, and the potential clients that are going to be signing up with Morton, we, we have a cash management strategy as well sure. uh, in which we're able to, to go out and, and, and buy treasuries for clients and, and help manage that as well. If there's one thing I've learned in, in my 10 years in the industry, the 0809 financial crisis changed a lot of people's it, it scarred a lot of clients and a lot of clients that we have, and I'm sure a lot of your clients, they have a cigar box under their bed with cash. Um, and that cash, the average bank sweep right now is earning 35 basis points across the United States. Um, and we have a solution for that. You know, Feel free to reach out to your financial advisor and talk to them about that. Um, but we'd be happy to, to put that cash to work for you and, and earn a significantly higher rate of return than, you know, the average bank suite. Thanks, Hunter. I know we work um, very closely together throughout throughout the weeks, you know, helping to find solutions for people to not only protect, but grow their cash. Uh, another thing that's that's come about with with the last year, the Fed raising interest rates, safer assets being vulnerable or bonds losing money and stocks losing money is those types of assets have not been providing the diversification that you once would like. Now that now that cash is actually earning something or you can earn something in a treasury bill that provides some safety and diversification. I mean, if you can earn, you know, four to five percent on a very short term loan to the government, there's some safety there, That's right. potentially some diversification. But if you're only using stocks, bonds and cash to diversify, you're probably missing out on a lot of great opportunities. Yeah. And that's what we talked about last time, Chris, is, is we. We're really excited with all the fixed income managers we have, um, particularly, you know, they have a lot of floating rates. Um, you know, they haven't extended their duration yet into this market, but we're excited that when and if they, they make those decisions, we think that we'll have some capital appreciation if, if potentially rate hikes ease or we start to look about where the, the Fed might turn from being uh, restrictive to more accommodative. And so... And I think what you're getting at, Chris, is, yeah, it's it's nice to get four, four and a half, five percent out of, of T-bills. But with inflation where it's at, you know, you, you're going to need to be able to return an actual real yield after inflation. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and there are other assets that over the long term can, you know, have, you know, somewhat done that. And even gold's done fairly well um, as of as of late with some of the turmoil. But I, I guess I don't want investors to become complacent. Um, there are some very serious, scary things that are going on and potentially talks of a recession. Um, the Fed is doing whatever they can to instill confidence in the banking system, which I believe is the right thing to do. The, the banking system should be a place where we feel confident. But don't just take their word for it. If you've got more money in the bank than you, you should above FDIC insurance levels, talk to your banker, talk to your Morton advisor. Let's find a solution to make sure that, that money is still safe and, and, and protected. Yeah. And I, something that I want to highlight, we talked about last time on our podcast, is that we specifically target the treasury only money market funds. That's because here at Morton, we really, really are concerned about capital preservation. 
we didn't have any additional insight that we were going to have some of the biggest bank failures ever in the United States history. But we really think about capital preservation because clients are coming to us with their hard earned money and they spent a lifetime to build this wealth. And it's our job because we're entrusted with that money to make sure we maintain the capital first before we go out and look to make a return on that. Obviously, we want to make a return, but we're not out there reaching for yield in a situation in which, you know, a money market may break the buck, for instance. Right. And so that's something that we're really focused on, not just on the treasuries and the money market side of things, but every one of our investments. One of the things that Megan, our chief investment officer, really likes about managers is managers that are paranoid that are really always looking around the corner, um, you know, trying to really- I think fi- that's what I like about Megan. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and so that's an ethos that we have here because we know what a privilege it is to be entrusted with our clients' life savings. Yep. Hunter, thank you so much for, for joining us. Obviously, a lot going on with, with banks and the Fed giving themselves the opportunity to say, hey, we're not going to raise rates going forward. Things are a little bit more fragile. Um, but even though they're instilling confidence, saying they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that banks uh, are fine and depositors are safe, um, don't just take their word for it. They are part of the reason why we are in this situation that we're in. Um, they kept interest rates at, at near zero for way too long. Um, so thank you for joining us. It was my pleasure to be here, Chris. Thank you for joining us. And we hope this episode has provided you with a roadmap to feel more confident as an investor. To receive notifications for our weekly episodes, email financialcommute at mortonwealth.com. Until next week.